there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast, where we showcase educators from all over the country who, through their use of innovative technology, have not only excelled in their schools and school districts, but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host, and also the founder of Pick My Kid, where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Welcome everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Innovators in Education podcast. Today we have with us an exciting guest, Karen Ward, who's been an educator for over 20 years now. And one cannot go through that without passion and commitment to our education uh, space. So without much ado, Karen, the mic is yours. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Our listeners are waiting to learn more from you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Karen Ward. Um, I started my career after getting a bachelor's in business administration, working in banking and finance. And I was a banking officer for several years and decided to get into teaching when my children were the first ones dropped off at daycare and the last ones picked up. <laughs> so I, I did kind of a crash course, got my credential and moved into teaching, did a couple years in sixth grade self-contained and then moved into um, business and computer applications, which was my passion and has been um, for the last 20 years. So what I like to do is bring a practical application to the classroom. And this was long before Common Core and long before any of that was, was brought in, because as an elective career and tech ed teacher, that's what you do. You're not teaching to a book. You're teaching kids how to get a job and how to be successful. And so that's what got my foot in the door. And then things have progressed um, to that. I've taught in California, Texas, Colorado, and then back to California. Um, about six years ago, I moved into administration and um, finished up my doctorate at Concordia University. So I'm now principal at El Mirage School in Atalanta, which is a small community in the high desert um, above San Bernardino Riverside area. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, and, and, and thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and what really stood out when I was doing a little bit of research on our guests is that, you know, you spend almost a decade outside of education and there was something about K-12 that mm -hmm. you decided to dedicate the rest of your life to, right? Uh, right. So what is the draw? What is it that which, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes your commute easier <laughs> because <laughs> you know, since your kids are there. Uh, right. What is it that about K-12, which attract, not just attracted you, but kept you hooked for the last 20, more than 20 years? The kids are so moldable at this point that, um, you know, they're, they're striving to learn and whether it's, second graders um, teaching them how to read or seventh graders, eighth graders teaching them how to, um, you know, type a, a letter to a college or high school, giving them more um, detailed experience. So it's just, it's very rewarding to, to see them. And you can see such a monumental change in just a matter of a few months each year. Awesome. And, and that's so gratifying to see the kids uh, blooming into you know, adults and, you know, right. that, that's, that, that is the uh, average, which, which all educators thrive on. Right. Uh, so right. in the last couple of years, you know, we, 
we as educators uh, have, have in the education space have gone through a lot of learning, relearning, and retooling, right? Right. And, and technology was a major part of that whole journey. Uh, right. I'm sure you have your battle scars to prove that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so if you want to talk about uh, how technology helped, hindered, or accelerated that learning process which you had previously with your students, and right. if you want to talk a little bit about that, uh, be great. Sure. Um, when we went first into 100% distance learning, literally overnight, um, we had some teachers that jumped right into it and then other teachers that were like, whoa, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. And same with the students. It was it was the same thing. Yeah. And the generation that we're teaching right now have had a lap, not a laptop, but have had a phone or an iPad or something put in their hands almost as a babysitter since they're toddlers. But what we didn't realize is they don't know how to use it to learn. So there's one thing to learn how to use technology. And then the next step is use technology to learn. So we're trying to, now that we're back on campus, help kids with moving to that next step and also helping the teachers. So the struggle during um, distance learning was getting kids engaged, motivated, um, and then keeping them there. And, you know, they come in their pajamas. And so now that we're packed to school, we don't allow pajamas unless it's pajama day. Um, and so I think part of that, you know, dress for success and other things is are the things that we want to instill in teachers. And one thing that um, I'll give a little plug sure. um, in my dissertation group, uh, we did, a, we co-authored a book and it's called Beyond the Cloud, Supporting the Six C's with Educational Technology. And, and this is a dissertation during your doctorate, which you were, uh, which you were part of, right? Yeah. Correct. Which yeah. I finished about a year ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so if on, on my doctorate, I, I started it before we went to distance learning and I was wanting to engage students and how do we get those students engaged and how do we train the teachers to engage them? And so I was looking in a blended learning setting, which was the typical um, setting at that point. Either um, students were like a flipped classroom, they're reading something at home, then coming to the school, um, or they have projects to do, um, different things like that. And so I worked with um, a blended learning school in the Hemet area, um, met with the teachers, went through a little training. What we, we learned for the teachers learned best by hands-on as well. And so I taught them how to create their own websites and how to get, um, you know, infographics and different things to to engage their students, both while they're working at home as well as in the classroom. And then COVID hit and we were 100% distance learning. So what was unique about my dissertation is that it was so applicable right then. And so... I was able to put so many things into practice even before I finished the dissertation. And that's what was really exciting is finding out how we can engage the students, keep them motivated um, through giving them choices, making a personal interest, um, making it real for them. Yeah. And those were the three keys that we had. Yeah, making it real, right? You know, that's, right. that's, uh, and, and so meeting the students where they are, not getting them to so it, I think it all comes as a part of change management, which is as as leaders, when we look at either uh, adopting new technology or, or 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 changing the way we did things in the past. Right. It's all about how do you take the team along this journey of change 
and how do you sell internally so to speak you know sell right. is a bad word for it but uh, how do you how do you convince them to come along this journey and see this light in the end of the tunnel Right. Uh, and I think that's that's uh, it's a great point what you brought about. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, with, with regards to going back to your dissertation. Um, mm -hmm. So what made you like go back to school and say, hey, I want to do this? And uh, <laughs> I, want, uh, um, I was I was encouraged by my family um, yeah. to keep going on. And I had quite a break. And, you know, I had like I said, I had the banking career. And it was about 10, 15 years later when I went back and, and got my teaching credential and then my admin credential and then the doctorate. Um, so it's like I've been a lifelong learner uh -huh. and um, I tend to get bored if I'm just sitting at home. So uh, I, I help my kids, help them through school. And then they're like, well, mom, you should do this yourself and do something for you. I'm like, okay, why not? Um, so it was very rewarding. And um, now that I've moved into administrative roles and as a principal, um, it, I really learned a lot um, with the coursework through Concordia University, the, the finance, the budget, the um, you know, human resource management and other things. So that part was very, very helpful. And what was nice is that I was able to customize my dissertation to my area and my passion. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's great. And and so staying on that a little bit um, uh, for others, I'm sure a lot of listeners here who, who may have been procrastinating <laughs> doing their doctorate or doing right. or picking up another degree or something which they're really passionate about, which can enhance their current uh, be a better educator, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. So for, for those listeners, how would you, what would be your advice as to like, they haven't taken the leap of faith yet. They're thinking like, hey, I'm juggling already so many things, working 12 hour shifts, I right. go back home, screaming kids, uh, maybe uh, a, a spouse <laughs> who's, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with all the questions. Yeah. And then you throw in this new requirement of like, you want to do something for PD, right. for personal development. So I want to get into your your head and and mm -hmm. and to help my learners. Like, how did you navigate that path? How did you pull the trigger? How did you manage your time? Um, what what was helpful for me is with Concordia University, and there's a number of others that have um, a lot of their courses that are virtual asynchronous. Um, some of them would meet like once every eight Saturday. And mm -hmm. so we would go there, meet face-to-face -face and um, be able to build the relationships there. But it really was manageable. And most of these programs, you can, you know, the fast track is 32 months, um, oh, which yeah. there were about six of us in our program. There were 12 overall in my cohort. Six of us be, meet, met that 32 wow. months, which mm -hmm. was exciting. Um, but yeah. there's others that are still working on it. And so they're in year four or five. And don't give up. Um, yeah. My daughter is personally going through her PhD right now and had a baby um, wow. midterm. She was planning to graduate um, in December. And so she's moved that to June. So life happens. And don't let that stop you. The universities really work with you, um, work with your schedule, because they realize the people that are getting their doctorate, whether it's PhD, EDD, whichever, um, they know that you're busy and that you're wanting to improve your skills and be able to make yourself marketable. 
and they'll work with you. We had an individual who became, who was enlisted. And so he was overseas and he joined us a couple times virtually and then, you know, stepped back when he couldn't and then came right back in uh, once he was back in the States. And so, um, don't give up just, you know, fine. But what is important is to do it on a topic that you are passionate about because you'll get tired of it and you live, eat, breathe, sleep it. And, um, what, what's kind of nice is that they have some other little projects along the way that, you can either relate directly to yours or be completely unrelated. If you're like, okay, I want to step away for 30 days, then focus on this and then jump back in. Um, so don't, yeah, don't I mean, be afraid to do yeah, it. No, there's a lot of valuable takeaways. And, and if I can summarize that, you know, be, you know, pick up something which you're really, truly passionate about, mm-hmm. because that is what keeps you motivated and keeps you committed to staying right. the course. And actually completing it in 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 a time which is comfortable to you and yeah, your, exactly. uh, your profession, right? Um, so that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I know it was a little bit uh, off track here, but <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of uh, uh, listeners would appreciate that insight. Sure. Um, so before this, we were talking about uh, something which you uh, single-handedly put in place in your school and, and, and stood it up, which is a program for future business leaders of America. Uh, it's a fantastic program. Uh, right. my, my daughter herself went through that and oh, nice. some nephews went through that as well in my family. Uh, so, so if you want to talk about that, why you picked the program and how you put it in place and, and what's the response of your community been? Okay. Um... I was first introduced to the program when I was teaching in Texas and I was at a large high school. Um, They already had the program. There's future business leaders of America and business professionals of America, Mm -hmm. basically sister organizations. So I was involved in that and the DECA um, faculty advisor, the one that was the coordinator um, moved into a district position. So they asked me to take it over. So I did that for four years there and seeing the kids um, with high school students, it was really exciting because they were, there's projects and I would do a lot of the projects that kids would do ahead of time and then present. Um, And I took kids to state and to nationals, had one little gal get fourth place in nationals um, in the banking and finance and which I I was really excited about since that was my background and um, to be able to pass that on to her. Then when I moved to Colorado, stepped into the same type of thing, and I was only there a year, moved back to um, California, and I was in Redlands um, area, and wanting computer applications teacher, wanted to do something for the students there. So I, I searched out, found that there was an Inland Empire Future Business Leaders of America organization, got it started, um, got my class students to participate, and did that while I was in that campus. After that, unfortunately, when I left the campus and moved into administration, the program died. We couldn't get okay. anyone to take it over. I had kids messaging me and sending me emails and, Ms. Ward, can you come back? Can you back? No, we'll do, we'll do it. So it, you know, I saw how excited the kids were. Yeah. I currently teach at a very small um, K through eight campus in Atalanto. I only have 142 students. K through eight. Mm-hmm. And because our middle school, there's roughly 60 middle school students is self-contained. They don't have all the electives that the other larger middle schools within Atalanta have. 
So I talked with our board and asked them, I said, I'd like to do this for our campus. Is it something that we can do? Got it approved. I kept building it up at the end of the last school year, talked to the kids. Um, we created an elective that I'm actually teaching. The kids come and we have 25 active members, which is amazing. It's almost half yeah. of my entire yeah. middle school. Um, the, you know, we compete against like home gardens and Corona and I think they have 12 and they're like, how do you have 25? I'm like, <laughs> we sold it here. Um, and then some of the other middle schools are saying, Hey, that looks really neat. And so I had about six of them tag along on a field trip, um, in November that we uh -huh. went down to Anaheim. Um, the kids learn about leadership. Yeah. They learn life skills, business skills, um, presentation skills. And so right now we're preparing for the February competition. Um, and a lot of them are going to do some projects for presenting. Some are going to do um, speeches and then a few with the, the technology part. So we're, yeah. we're in the preparation point. No, I agree with you. The life skills and the, and, and the kind of uh, things they pick up as they go through the FBLA mm -hmm. program. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Just a lot of kids who get on stage for the first time, right. they, they're able to make a presentation. And these are life-changing things for them, like especially at the formative years, if they have that exposure it does wonders. And yeah. uh, so, so I'm sure, you know, your school will be really successful in your, in, in the, in, in, the so. in the competition you're going to, but when you are, I'm sure other schools in your district will be really looking up to you and saying like, Hey, Miss Ward, how did you make this happen? Can you come <laughs> and, you know, teach us how to do the same thing. Right. So that's how the right. world spreads. And uh, it just takes one spark and proof points in certain pockets to really the message to spread. And, and that's what we are all about, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing a fantastic job in, in, in your community. And, and with the aim of the podcast is to is to pick those, have those, you know, meaningful conversations and mm -hmm. let it be out there. Yeah, you know, you, you don't have to have a large community or a large school or well-funded districts to really change the shape right. uh, or a trajectory of a student. All it takes is commitment and passion and mm -hmm. creativity to make things happen, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I know, uh, you know, you're, you're just getting started, you know, with your newly minted uh, the, mm -hmm. your degree and, you know, you being a principal with the commitment you have. What's in store? Uh, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future uh, uh, in the lens of being a principal and mm -hmm. beyond? Yeah, definitely um, a few more years in this role. Um, I like the uh, like curriculum and um, instructional position at a district level, um, mm -hmm. and so that that would probably be my my next step in moving into that. I do really enjoy the intervention programs and reading interventions, and we've been very successful here with some different pullout interventions, helping our students to be successful and to become more um, increase their literacy. And so those that's probably my second passion. And yeah. so I think being at the district level to help more schools um, to be able to put procedures in place and awesome. to train the staff um, awesome. to do that. So just for a soundbite, let me ask you this question. Uh, talking of success, what do you consider success, uh, especially in the, in the realm of education as an, as an educator? Um, success for the students or for myself? Uh, as an educator. As what, an what educator? I think to see to see the growth in the students and um, if you have students that you know on day one they can't read they you know can't write their name and by mid-year end of the year they're writing sentences they're um, doing 
you know, stories and drawing pictures and labeling them. Um, I think that can be, you know, that that's a great success and um, help making sure the kids don't fall through the cracks. So I think a big responsibility we have as educators is to um, keep an eye on all of those. And so finding those ones, having that, making that special connection um, and, you know, pick a, one or two students each year that you're like, okay, I'm going to see what I can do to really make a difference in this one's life. And um, that's been really rewarding and, and a recommendation I would choose. Not that you're going to leave the others behind, yeah. but just kind of focus on, on one um, or two to, to make that a little bit extra effort. Yeah. So, so it's funny, uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was having this conversation with another entrepreneur uh, and he said, uh, you can't chase 10 rabbits at the same time because you'll catch none. Right. Um, <laughs> you want to, uh, you want to focus on really what you want to achieve and, and, and go after it. And then you at least have one rabbit in the bag. So yeah, exactly. It goes to what you just said, like, sure. yes, you want to look at, uh, where you can make the difference and where mm -hmm. you could change course and change lives. Yeah. Uh, even if it is one life change, I think it's it's well worth it. So so well said. Yeah. Thank you so much for that uh, insight. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sure some of the audience would want to connect with you, maybe you know, uh, reach out to you for help or advice. Um, okay. Would you be able to uh, share how you would want somebody to reach out to you? Uh, the social uh, channel. Sure. Probably the the easiest way is is an email. Um, okay. Do you want me to say the email or type it? Yeah, in you can go ahead uh, and just quickly lay it out. And so. Okay. Um, it's Karen with a K yeah. dot ward at eagles dot C-U-I dot E-D-U. All right. So awesome. Karen dot ward at eagles dot C-U-I dot E-D-U. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. We'll capture that uh, okay. email ID and put it in the show notes. So uh, there you there you are, guys. Um Karen Ward in person here talking about how she navigated uh, the last 25 years and really making a difference as a principal, uh, really moving the needle for this for her students. Um, if you want to reach out to her and, uh, and, and really connect in person and see how she uh, accomplished or if you have any specific question, feel free to reach out. Karen, thank you so much. This has been really awe-inspiring to talk to you and listen to your journey and also learn so many things in this in this quick 20 minutes we had to chat with you. Thank uh, you. Thoughts, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, pleasure is all ours. Uh, we want to bring leaders such as yourself to our podcast every single week and have these deeper conversations. We know 20 minutes is not enough, but uh, <laughs> thank you for bringing the uh, bringing the punch and and delivering it in this 20 minutes. And we are really grateful for that. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You know, I, I thought of one more thing when you mentioned journey. I do have a blog on WordPress. Okay. Um, Karen's Corner with a K. So Karen's and then Corner with a K. So if okay. they go to WordPress, search that, they might be able to find that. And I, I wrote about my journey throughout the whole program. Fantastic. Karen's Corner, guys, you know, uh, don't miss that. We'll put it again in the show notes as well. Uh, we'll send some people your way and hopefully okay. we can we can pick up a thing or two you know uh, everybody looks at uh, looks at this podcast or reads your blog and they will have at least one or two takeaways and that's what we wish for everyone thank you so much for making a difference in the thank lives you. of I'm sure hundreds of students uh, and thank you for what you do fantastic chatting with you Karen all the best and we look forward to meeting you on the other side thank you so Thanks. much thank you bye bye Thank you.
Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmaker.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.